Hello, everybody. Uh, welcome to our weekly meeting. And uh, today actually is kind of exciting for me because the first part is kind of dark. The second part, I think, is more hopeful and interesting, at least for me. So uh, I hope you uh, bear with me as we go through some uh, disturbing news and later on into something a little bit more interesting. Hey, Banga. So first of all, uh, the eclipse, I'm sure that it affected you uh, as intensely as it affected uh, everybody on the planet. And I wanted to show something that has to do with um, uh, Sagittarius, because we are still in Sagittarius, and I wanted to honor uh, Sagittarius and the archetype of Sagittarius uh, that we are going to be part of until about December 21, 22. So we have some time. And of course, yesterday and the day before's eclipse, the solar eclipse in Sagittarius gave a big boost of blueness into uh, us as we uh, moved into or galloped into Sagittarius. But let me start off with um, what, one of the reasons why I use Instagram, to be absolutely honest, is um, the news. I get most of my news from um, uh, little segments from Instagram because then I can click on the article and read more about it. So right on the eclipse, I mean, two or three hours before the precise eclipse, I get this notification from uh, this uh, post from NPR. And at first I thought, oh, they did it on purpose because they probably know that today is the new moon in Sagittarius. And I was thinking um, it's a little bit blunt that, that they chose, but it happened to be that they chose the number one song for 2021 Montero, which is basically a, from Lil Nas, X, Lil Nas X, which is his real name anyway. And he's not even a Sagittarius. He's an Aries, to be honest. But in that um, record, I guess, it's almost like an interpretation of um, the creation from Michelangelo. And you see there a Sagittarian or an archer uh, as God, but he's kind of a centaur shooting an arrow uh, towards his image in a way. And this is precisely, again, three hours before the eclipse in Sagittarius. And I get this image. And at first, I, I couldn't believe it. So I kept looking at the other songs to see if it was really a competition or this is some kind of a way of, I don't know, uh, mocking astrology in a way. But no, it is the sign of the time. This is what we call as zeitgeist. That's what astrology is based on, on synchronicities that happen like that, that right when the moon and the sun is in Sagittarius, once in 19 years, the eclipses are in Sagittarius, and it's a solar eclipse, and the chosen, um, chosen image, let's say, for the first song that made it up there was a centaur. So there you have it. And actually, there is um, an interesting aspect of it, because Sagittarius is the sign of philosophy, religion, wisdom. And faith is ruled by Pisces, uh, the other rule, the other sign that is ruled by Jupiter. But religion and the mechanism behind it is actually, or the philosophy behind it, is ruled by Sagittarius. And call me by your name. You know the movie, you remember the movie, but it's all coming from Isaiah or Ishayahu 43.1. But now have faith, have faith, says the Lord. Fear not, for I have redeemed you. I have called you by your name. And you are mine. When you pass through the water, I will be there with you. And when you go through the river, they shall not overflow you. When you walk through the fire, you shall not be burned. Neither shall you be consumed by the flames. So this is 
one of the first real meetings that you can have in the Bible with monotheism, the real monotheism, not the monotheism that says that there is a God up there judging us and checking to see what we're doing on Saturday, on Friday, on Sunday, depends on your um, religion, a God that is more everywhere. So that means that if you are now burning because somebody accused you of being a witch, which you are not, it's okay. I'm burning there with you. They're not burning you now. They're burning me. I'm burning there with you. And if they drown you because they did that witch test to you and you didn't float as you were supposed to, then uh, I am there drowning with you as a witch that you are. So the idea that it call you by your name, I think we, some of you guys have done the workshop of the power of name uh, with me. And, you, and that's one of the quotes that I actually start the class with, the idea that through your name, you channel the aspect of God that you chose to tell in this lifetime, according to the meaning of your name. So that was um, the first one uh, that I wanted to share you. And if you go to the video, actually, of the song, you see that there is a tree, a tree of knowledge there. And on the tree, something is written in Greek. And that actually is a phrase taken from Plato's Symposium. And if you remember that uh, a symposium is about love, and it's really about the origin of love. Uh, and after the division, what it says there basically is after the division, the two parts of men, each desiring his other half, because according to uh, um, one of the speeches there in Plato's symposium, it's not um, even Plato's himself, Aristophanes actually talking about it, he's a comedian, and basically says that in the past, there were human beings that were made basically of two parts that were attached in their spinal cord, and they were facing away from each other, attached in the spinal cord, and it was uh, these creatures that were either a man attached to a man, a woman attached to a woman, or a man attached to a, a woman. And because Zeus was jealous of their love and nobody prayed to him anymore, because usually you don't pray to anybody or you don't go to psychologists when things are good. So he used his thunderbolts to separate them. And since that day, we are all running around the world lifetime after lifetime, trying to find the one that was attached to us. Some of the men look for men because there was a man attached to them. Some of the woman is looking for a woman because a woman attached to them. And some of the men are looking for another woman, only a third, which is uh, because they were attached to a woman. So that is the reason why you see that in the video, if you really want to get deep into it. But again, very Sagittarian um, message. And another Sagittarian uh, message came to us from Fox News, because we always know that Fox News can entertain us uh, through lies and deceptions and to the point of uh, sometimes it's funny, sometimes it's really sad. And something really sad happened to us here in America in December 3rd and 4th. When a woman I never knew existed, now I do, Lara uh, Logan, I think her name is. Apparently, she's very popular in Fox News, and she wanted to be even more popular. So she compared Fauci with uh, the Nazi doctor Mengele. And for me, growing up in Israel, having a family that suffered from the Holocaust, having a lot of friends that had a lot of uh, issues there, it's kind of interesting that in United States, over, uh, of all places, in Fox, it's supposed to be very you know, patriotic in a way. Uh, there is this woman who is comparing a person who is helping United States and even after places outside of the United States to deal with this uh, situation we have now. And she's comparing him to Mengele. Now, most likely she doesn't even know who Mengele was, what he did. It somehow kind of she popped it into her head or somebody wrote it for her. You know, these days you never know what's happening. But then I thought about how you how interesting it is. The solar eclipse, I told you, can be very difficult, very dark. And that darkness comes from this woman comparing somebody uh, who is really doing the best he can to help 
uh, and comparing him to somebody who is basically pure evil. And then, you know, I heard some uh, pundits and some people explaining that Fauci has a problem because he's not, he's only talking to his base. And I'm thinking, what base? What are you talking about? And the reason why people uh, decided to hate him in certain parts in America is because Fox News and the ex-president did everything they could to undermine science, which Fauci represents. So it's not that Fauci is not talking to his base. He's basically talking to everybody. It's just that the base of Trump is unable to understand a, neither science, even not God. Because if you think about it, think again, if you, um, we're going to talk about Jesus today also in, in the future. But if Jesus would come today and would look, okay, I have to think about um, who do I connect to much more through what I have explained uh, to my apostles, right? A person like Trump or a person like this woman, Laura Logan, or a person like Fauci who's trying to save and help people. I mean, the answer is very, very clear, very easy. But it's really interesting about what is happening with uh, deception and misinformation in our world right now. Now, if you go uh, and look to see who was this uh, Mengele, Mengele was also called Angel of Death. And he had a particular interest in identical twins and with people who had two different eyes. You know, Bowie will be very, very in danger uh, next to uh, a person like Mengele. He was interested in dwarfs and people that have general abnormalities. And the thing with twins, what he did, he tried to prove that uh, twins uh, and, and the whole idea behind genetics and heredity is more important than environment. Why? Because that strengthened the idea behind Nazism of the genetic superiority of the Aryan uh, race. Now, it's really interesting. When I studied psychology, it was in the 90s. And I remember very clearly, it was in Haifa University, that the, uh, one of the top um, um, lecturer there or teachers there, professors, talked about how it's very easy to trace uh, the funding in the United States. And I was like surprised that we were talking in Israel about the funding of United, in the United States to psychological research. He says, when the Republicans are in government, they give much more money to investigate genetics, because it makes more sense that if people are incapable of developing in their life or they're poor, it's because of genetic and you don't need to basically invest too much in environment or helping them because it's kind of useless. And when the Democrats are more in power, there is more research towards environment and nurturing because they believe that if you can take people, regardless of their genetic makeup, and help them elevate themselves to the point of being actually a president of the United States. So it's interesting, that dynamic, and it's interesting, again, the connection to Fox News. So the idea behind Mengele's uh, experiments, very scientific, used to inject chemicals into people's eyes to see if they change the colors. Then they would send them off to the gas chambers, and usually they retrieve or extract their uh, bones to send them to Berlin. Uh, he was known for uh, making experiments on women that are pregnant while they were pregnant, taking the fetuses out, making changes, and then sending into the gas chambers. And just to be uh, clear about the death toll, it was 1.3 million people that came into Auschwitz and 1.1 million actually were killed there. So that's the comparison that uh, silly woman made. And apparently she has a lot of followers. And the funny thing is that Fox never came up and say, oops, we're sorry. It was a mistake. You know, um, it was an eclipse and an eclipse. Sometimes people open their mouth and garbage comes out and it's totally okay. No, nothing. No, uh, nothing that can explain this comparison or to say that it's not part of what they believe in, you know. 
Anyway, this is the South Node in Sagittarius. We've been talking about it from June of 2020 that we have the South Node, which usually represents what we are uh, having difficult with, with or something we have abused in the past that we have to let go. The North Node represents what we need to focus on. So that's changing in December 23rd. I told you the South Node is moving into Scorpio, and we'll talk about it more in the future. And the North Node is moving into Taurus. Now, the interesting thing is that there was such a thing called the Fairness Doctrine. Think about how beautiful the name is. The Fairness Doctrine of the United States and Federal Communication Commission, the FCC, it was introduced in 1949, right after World War II. And just after, um, what, four years, five years after uh, Mengele was uh, in his peak of... uh, uh, activities, you can say. Um, and it was a policy that required to anybody who ha- holds a broadcast license, um, both to present conven- con- controversial issues uh, of public importance and also to do it in a manner that is fair, reflecting all the sides, right? That's what we grew up in as, as mass media, because Sagittarius is TV, mass media, and news that is projected to many people. That's what Sagittarius is. And it's interesting because Sagittarius' premise also is the truth teaching, philosophy. In 1987, during Reagan's glorious times, the FCC abolished the Fairness Act as if it's not necessary. It's okay now to lie. So Saturn and Uranus, the funny thing is, we're in Sagittarius at that time, and they're beginning their cycle that we're now going through this last square, what is called the waning square. So remember, we talked about 87, 88. Saturn and Uranus came together. That's when the cycle that now we're suffering from the end of started. So it's really interesting that 87, 88, Saturn, the Lord of Karma, Uranus, the disruptor was in Sagittarius when people in the United States decided that it's okay to lie and it's okay to distort the energy of Sagittarius. That's where the cycle is. Maybe it will have to last until 2032, and hopefully somebody will come back with uh, another fairness doctrine um, if we're still here from all these lies. That's one of my suggestions now. I mean, I know that you guys, most of you can't see it maybe, but basically I took a cigarette pack, which has all these uh, terrible pictures about what happened to you if you... uh, um, smoke too much you know how you have to put them uh, on uh, packages of cigarettes and you just have to add fox news channel um the rich mellow flavor you know uh, because i think that eventually you know fox news will be accused of crimes against humanity and will have to like the tobacco company ad before you look at fox or before you turn on fox news there should be a big ad saying that if you turn on to us most likely or 33% i think it's 33% 3 times more likely that you will die because you watch what we are showing and indeed, uh, just now there was an NPR analysis that shows all the people, uh, they basically checked 3,000 counties, 100,000 people, 100,000 people uh, that died and checked to see um, what they're watching, who they, they, who they voted for. So people that voted for Trump are three times more likely to die than people who voted for uh, Joe Biden. Of course, it represents, I don't think it's about the vote itself. I think it's probably representing more what kind of television or outlet they listen to or they or they listen. Yeah, they've watched. Now, in 1987, the repeal of the Fairness Doctrine enabled the rise of talk radio. That was not so popular before, which named itself unfiltered, which is a nice way to say liars. It was divisive and vicious. In 1988, a former ABC radio executive named Ad McLaughlin uh, signed Rush uh, Limbo, 
uh, to national wine syndication contract. And you know from then what happened. Nine years later, Fox came to um, a, came to our TV sets. Okay, so that just shows what happened in the beginning of the cycle of the square that we are now dealing with in December twenty four. We dealt with January February of this year. We also dealt with it in uh, June, and now the last time we talked about is happening December twenty four. Yeah, another one. Don't you think that only America is corrupt? A Brazilian Supreme Court right on the eclipse uh, orders a probe into Bolsonaro's uh, for linking COVID-19 vaccines to AIDS. What he basically said, this very intelligent person, like uh, the nice woman from Fox, he basically said that if you take the vaccine, your chances of getting AIDS are growing. I don't know where he got that idea from, if it's research, if he had a control room, a control uh, um, group, if this is, um, or he just thought about it at night, or Jesus came to him in the middle of the night and told him that. But the interesting thing is that Saturn now is located in his chart in the House of Justice. And in 2023, he's going to have his Saturn move into the House of Death. And in 2022, it's going to be on top of his moon. And I know the election in Brazil is in um, 2022. So hopefully, October 2022, hopefully Saturn being on top of his moon will send him home. So people won't have to confuse uh, the vaccine uh, with getting AIDS. But let's go to something. I want to get back now to something that really uh, was beautiful. It actually was released a few days before the eclipse, right between the lunar eclipse and the solar eclipse. And it's a very Sagittarius happening. It's uh, the Beatles get back. It's from Peter Jackson. First of all, it's like around nine hours, but it is one of the best things that TV came up with lately. So I really recommend you watching this. I think it's on Disney Plus. Um, the Beatles get back. Basically, what Peter Jackson's did, he, he took all of these tapes that they had from the preparation. It's only 22 days, basically, before the very famous show on the roof that the Beatles did on the roof of the Apple studio and in London in 1969. So it's only 22 days of shooting. And you actually see songs that you grew up in or I grew up in on uh, being composed under a lot of pressure. And it's also connecting the past and the future because Peter Jackson actually used artificial intelligence and deep learning to teach the machine how John Lennon's voice sounds, how the guitar sounds, how a bass bass sounds in order to break the recording and make it much more clear. So when you hear the songs, you hear it as if you are in the room. It's really amazing. And you also get a very intimate um, connection to these four giants, in a sense, this, this mutation. Basically, the Beatles, I think, is a musical mutation. It's almost like a glitch in the system. It's something that you can call from last week what we talked about, Quitsat Hadarak. It's a Quitsat Hadarak of music, uh, the Beatles. It made music jump to a completely new level. Uh, and we owe a lot to these guys. And this, this, first of all, you can watch it as a movie about the Beatles, but you can also watch it as something different, as a breakup. It's really the last year of the Beatles together. They're really sick and tired of themselves and of each other. And you can see that they're doing everything that a couple would do in order to save the relationship. We go to a big, beautiful place. Maybe we'll feel more sexy here. No, it's really cold. The sound is terrible. 
Uh, okay, let's go back home and try it there. Uh, we still hate each other. Let's bring somebody else, uh, Billy Purston, you know, this amazing um, uh, pianist. And he brings some life. In the beginning, it seems like everybody is happy again and feels sexy again. And after two days, everybody's back in the same place they were. It's really fascinating to, to see how everybody in the group are really good friends and they know they can't take it anymore. They can't do it anymore. And they're terrified of what's going to happen, but they're also terrified that this is going to be like that forever. I hope I didn't spoil the thing for you. But what really we are describing, and when I was looking at get back, get back, what is it? Get back to where? Get, get back where? What do you mean get back? I think that part of it is let's get back to how it was in 62, 63, 64. But I think more than that. And then when I started looking at the charts of the people involved, I said, oh, my God, that's what's happening. It's Saturn return. It's Saturn getting back to the place it was when these guys were born. And this is going to be a very interesting journey. If you haven't watched the movie, I think it will actually be more fun for you to watch it now. If you have watched it, I think that it will trigger a lot of uh, things. Um, and of course, all of you watched it, uh, the movie Get Back when you were 27 to 30, 31, or 56 to 60, or if you even made it to 88, 90, you are getting the get back of Saturn return. So a little bit of background. First of all, the lyrics. The lyrics are kind of amazing. You know, they, you, you see that there in the movie, how they're coming up with some of the lyrics and how Paul McCartney is kind of uh, doing a lot of uh, free association. But some of the parts of the song is like this. Oh, get back. Yeah, get back. Get back to where you once belonged. Of course, they're talking about Saturn, even if they're not knowing it, because Saturn is coming back. Just that you understand, McCartney is... Uh, getting right now into his Saturn return. He's 40. He was born 1942. He's a Gemini. And this, and the, everything that's taking place in the movie is January of uh, 1969. So literally, he is 27. He's entering the 27 club. Uh, Ringo, uh, 1940. He's a Cancer. Uh, Lennon, in 1940. He's a Libra. Both of them are in the peak of their Saturn return. They're 29. Okay? So... 29, definitely the Saturn return. The only one that is not in the Saturn return, but he's at the edge of Saturn return is George Harrison, which is going to be very interesting because he's completely different than the other three. Even though it's only a year difference, they've crossed over to Saturn return and he has not. And you'll see that in relationships, if you have a partner like that, friendships, a lot of time you see that if one person is four years younger, older, it doesn't matter if you're 32 and the other person is 36, you're 40 and the other person is 44. It doesn't matter. It's nothing four years, nothing even two years. But if that happens to be that one of the people is in the Saturn return and the other not, even if the geographic, the chronological geographic, you can say distance is not that bad, there is a, there is a gorge, there is a ravine, there is a, an abyss between you guys. Because whoever crosses into Saturn return, it's like going into a different dimension. And you might be a few months away from there in age, but if you're not in your Saturn return, you are in a completely different world. So get back, get back, get back is always that feeling of, okay, we need to get back to where we once belong. And that is the, you know, the craving that people have that they're 88, 28, 29, 30. They want to go back to being 21, 22, 23, when there is no worries there. Everything is easy. Everything is... But no, now we're 28, 29, 30. People expect from us a lot. You know, even for the Beatles, there was so much expectation from this record that they're going to come up. 
And if you look at the lyrics, Sweet Loretta Fart, they make a whole thing about why they call her Fart. Uh, she thought she was a cleaner, but she was a frying pan. Now, it sounds stupid, but it's not. If you really think about Saturn return, it's not. It's a person looking for an identity, looking for their name. Saturn is all about uh, identity. What happens to you in Saturn return between 27 to 30 is that you're trying to figure out who the mm, you are. You know, who are you? What are you? You're not the person you used to be. And you have to break away from father. Uh, usually it's father influence or parental influence. Don't forget that Saturn was the one that ate his children. So there is some issues with Saturn. Saturn sometimes represents the bad father in your chart. Then it goes on to talk about Jojo, who was a man who thought he was a learner, loner, but he knew he couldn't last. Okay. Then we're back to Loretta, but this time it's Loretta Martin, who thought she was a woman, but she was another man. And the last sentence is, and that's really interesting. I think it's Lennon who says it. I'd like to thank you on behalf of the group and ourselves, and I hope we pass the audition. And that is something really interesting because I always tell people when they're going through their Saturn return, listen, somebody is constantly watching you. There's a feeling somebody is behind your back, looking at what you're reading, looking at your texts, checking to see what you're dressed like, what you're doing, who you call, you know, you're micromanaged by Saturn during Saturn return. So this is the background of the Saturn return. Now, just that you know, I mean, you might not like the Beatles. I don't know anybody who really doesn't like the Beatles, unless it's something, uh, you know, they don't like their father who liked the Beatles. So that's why they don't like the Beatles. So it's through association. You don't like them. But I, I don't know if it's possible not to like the Beatles. Sorry. And that's why I talk about it in Sagittarius, because I told you Sagittarius is the most popular uh, sign. And the Beatles definitely is the best selling, the best selling music at all act of all time. And I don't think it will ever change. Now, Disney wanted, of course, uh, to have Peter Jackson take all the profanity out of the movie. You know, Disney Plus is supposed to be a, a PG-13 um, a channel. So you, mean, you click on it, you're safe from any kind of uh, uh, demonic work. But the Beatles said, no, Paul McCartney described it as being very raw, uh, says Jackson. He said to me, that is very accurate portrayal of how we were then. Ringo Starr said... It was truthful. You see the truth, truth. This is Sagittarius. This is what mass media is supposed to be about. Talking about the truth, even if there's some profanities there, right? And profanity does not include comparing somebody to Mengele. It was just that we get it clear. So it was on March, it, during Pisces, in 1966, that John famously said, the Beatles are more popular than Jesus. And he argued, basically, truthfully, that uh, the public were much more infatuated with the band than with Jesus, and that Christianity faith was declining to the extent that it might be outlasted by rock music. All of the things that he said is probably true. And he's a Libra. Libra is the sign of peace. Libra is the sign of balance. He's an Aries rising, so that gets a little bit in the way sometimes. That's why he got into fights, and sometimes he pushed people buttons. But overall, he's a Libra. Give peace a chance. Libra is all about peace, right? So that happened during March, you know, during Pisces. And in England, they didn't make a big deal of it. But it took six months for Southern and Bible Belt United States to catch up with the news. Six months, it takes a long time for news to travel down south. And they started burning the Beatles records. Here you see a group of very interesting kids. And somebody there who does look to me like a gay closeted gay in the South that probably can't be um, gay. So he's busy burning uh, records of Beatles. And um, they started between lynching and segregation to burn some uh, Beatles records. Now, it's really interesting in the Saturn return of the burning of the records. Okay. 1997. 
Noel, Gal- uh, Noel uh, Gallagher claims that his band, Oasis, is bigger than God. It's not even Jesus. It's bigger than God. But the reaction was very minimal. Nobody really cared anymore. I guess we did evolve, and I guess um, Lennon was right after all. The following day, Melanie C. responded to Gallagher saying, if Oasis is bigger than God, what does it make the Spice Girls bigger than Buddha? Because we are downside bigger than Oasis. Okay, so this is the conversation that happened in 1997 compared to what happened in 1966. It just actually makes what Lennon talked about true. And he just suffered for no reason, you know, but it's really interesting that we are now also dealing with uh, some places or some um, uh, school boards in the South also starting to ban books uh, that talk about race and talk about gender or talk about uh, sexual orientation. So some things don't change. But if you look at um, the life of Beatles through astrological lens, 1964 was the rise to their success. That was the peak of it. Epstein, uh, their um, manager, picked them up, told them, told them to uh, change their look, cut their hair, wear suits. He really rebranded them and brought them from Hamburg and Liverpool to all over the world. So in 1964, when Lennon, Ringo, and McCartney, the three of them, are going through their Jupiter return is when they hit the charts. You know, Jupiter return happens to you every 12 years. At the age of 12, you experienced it. At the age of 24, at the age of 36, the age of 48, age of 60. So every 12 years, you get a boost from Jupiter. I call it the kiss of God. When things go well, and Jupiter is the, is the ruler of Sagittarius, mass media, mass communication. The minute the three of them, three quarter of the band hit it, they... They soared up uh, to the heavens. Then Brian Epstein dies. Uh, Now, he was about eight years old, I think, uh, eight years older than them, something like that. Uh, He died from an overdose that was a mistake. Never mind. But what happened was that he died in August 67. August 67, if you think about Lennon, who was a Libra, he was born 1940. Ringo was a Cancer, born 1940. McCartney, uh, 1942. Right in uh, 67, we have Ringo and Lennon getting into their Saturn return. McCartney is about to get into his Saturn return when Brian Epstein, Epstein died. Why it was so important for that and how is it, even in the movie, there is a whole scene, we'll get to it. Uh, because what happens now is that they lose their father figure. They lose the one that actually gave them discipline, told them what to wear, what they can sing, what they not, what can't sing. He did it in a very fatherly way. And he had a very emotional, strong connection. So it's not the regular uh, manager situation where the musicians can't take them, uh, can't can have them, uh, can't wait to get them off their back and all that. This was actually a very fatherly. Lennon talks about him a lot. He actually went to him with him on a, a on a trip to Spain that they really bonded. I mean, there was a very emotional connection to him as a manager, as a father figure in a sense. So. What happened is that in the Beatles, you actually look at the astrological makeup. You see that there is two guys that are air signs, and that's uh, McCartney, who is a Gemini, and Libra, and uh, Lennon, who is a Libra. And a Lib- and air- Gemini and Libra have a trine, a triangle between them, which means very strong flow. So even though they had fights about who to lead, blah, 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 there was a very strong comp- connection. That's why even the songs are named after Lennon and McCartney, after the two air signs. The other team was Ringo and um, 
George Harrison. Ringo is a Cancer, like we said, and George Harrison is a Pisces. Both of them are water. Harrison is even more of water because his moon is in uh, Scorpio. So he's a very, very, he's a double water. So you have the water people and the air people. It's really interesting because Harrison is the one that brought them much more into India and, and actually brought India much more into the songs. And of course, Harrison is a Pisces. It's all about religion, meditation, um, faith, imagination. And Ringo, the cancer, he basically created the space for everybody to somehow get along because Ringo is the one that nobody had a, a beef with. You know, uh, Harrison and John Lennon supposedly had a fist fight. Uh, Lennon and um, McCartney had their issues, but everybody loved Ringo. He was, and his famous song is uh, Yellow Submarine. Yellow Submarine is, is in the ocean. You know, the ocean is definitely cancer. Um, so this is the background. Now I want you to look at the chart of John Lennon. As you can see, he's in Aries rising, his moon is in Aquarius, and his sun is in Libra. So first of all, let's treat that concept of what happened in 1966, because he wasn't his Saturn return yet. 1966, Lennon is only 26, right? He's not yet stepped into the 27 club. But if you look at his chart, a few things are really interesting. First of all, the incident that happened in March 1966, at that time, Mercury, Mars, Chiron, Saturn, the Sun, Minerva, they were all in Pisces, the sign of religion. And you know very well that the age of Pisces started with the birth of Jesus. And where are all of these planets, including the black moon being misunderstood, is located in Lennon's chart. At that time, when he spoke about Jesus being less popular than uh, the Beatles, what we have is all of that cluster of planets. We're talking about two, four, you know, two pla four planets and two asteroids and another point in the sky. All of them are in the heart of a house of pain, suffering, isolation, past lifetimes, and um, mysticism and religion. So it's really interesting that whatever prompted him to talk about that then was precisely when all of these planets were transiting in Lennon's 12th house, the house of letting go, the house of undoing, the house of hidden enemies. So it's fascinating that that's what happened around that time. Of course, since then, he apologized. Um, and, you know, it didn't really help those that wanted to burn books because these guys that want to burn books, they just want to have a party and burn books. It doesn't matter if it's Harry Potter or if it's uh, Nietzsche or if it's uh, Spinoza or if it's uh, the Bills. OK, the other interesting thing <clears throat> that I've noticed in his chart is that if you look, I circled it for you guys. Lennon was born on a Christ year. I'm serious. And we talked about it here in 2020 in these in, the, in our meetings, because remember I told you that the end of 2020, we have Jupiter and Saturn that, was a, that were conjunct. It's called the Grand Conjunction. We talked about it a lot. This happens every 20 years. So it happened in 2020. It happens in 2000. It happened in 1980. It happened in 1960, 1940. So this is called the, the, the Grand Cross. It's when Saturn and Jupiter are converged, are basically in conjunction. They start a cycle together, and they believe that Jesus was born during one of these times. We talked about it quite a lot. If you look at Lennon's uh, chart, he has Saturn 13 degrees Taurus and Jupiter 13 degrees Taurus. They're literally on top of each other when he came into life and drew his first breath. So he... Maybe he has the authority to talk about Jesus, at least, at least according to his chart. And it's in his first house, the house of who I am. You know, it's a good thing he didn't say I'm Jesus. You know, then it would not burn the books. They would probably burn him, right? 
Now, uh, the interesting thing also, if you connect it to uh, the time where the Beatles broke up, when Beatles, the, the Beatles broke up, Saturn was in his first house. Now, whenever Saturn is in your first house, it's a time where you reinvent yourself. And the key focus is I am. I always tell people Saturn in the first house, you need to focus on yourself. Don't be selfish, but you do need to focus on yourself. For somebody like Lennon, who has the moon in Aquarius, which is come together, all together now, right? Moon in Aquarius is everybody, come together. And he has it in the 11th house. What is the 11th house? The house of people, communities, groups, nonprofit, philanthropic work. So when you have all of um, that energy of we come together, of course, from an early age, he had the Quarrymen, remember the band before yeah, the Beatles, and then he had the Beatles. So the first time he basically breaks away from the community and creates his own thing, was when Saturn was in his first house, returning, getting back to the place it was when he was born. Now, the interesting, other interesting thing is that I looked at the chart of Get Back, that movie that was uh, made, but not of the movie, of course, of the incidents that led to the famous um, uh, concert on the rooftop. Now, we're talking about January 8th until January 30th. The, the actual show was January, uh, the, the, the concert was January 30th for 42 minutes. They did it up in lunch before the Metropolitan Police came and uh, uh, stopped it. But that was what they were, that was leading to. Now, the interesting thing is what Mercury was retrograde as well at that time. So you can imagine that half of the scenes in the movie were shot during Mercury retrograde. Get back. It's taking another uh, idea from it. You know, not only it's, it's uh, Saturn returning, it's also Mercury is retrograde. Okay. That time when that was happening, January of 1969, Saturn was 18 degrees Aries. If you look at Lennon's chart, his rising sign is 19 degrees Aries. Saturn, for the first time in 30 years, was right over his um, rising sign. And, the, and that's why some people, you know, I read some reviews and they say, you know, it's interesting. McCartney jumps up to the occasion to take control and Lennon looks so sleepy. And so, yes, he's sleepy. Saturn is sitting on top of his rising sign. You try to be awake when Saturn is blowing through your first house right on top of your rising sign, not letting you rise. The whole rising sign is rising. And there you have Saturn sitting on top of it, devouring you. So definitely, it is a time of confusion. Saturn was in his house of pain and suffering throughout this whole time, even the time that he was talking about Jesus. And now he's about to get out of that Saturn return, um, getting into the Saturn return. Saturn is just about to get out of his, uh, on top of his rising sign. And that's when they are um, filming this um, movie. So that's really, really interesting. So he's uh, right on top of it now. It's also interesting that he was killed in murdered, as you know, in 1980. And Mark David Chapman, 14 years after the incident of we are more popular than Jesus, is killing uh, Lennon. And he said that part of the reason why he did it is because of the remark of John Lennon. He's trying to be a good Christian and uh, do what uh, Jesus commanded him to do. Now, 14 years is very important when we talk about Saturn because the opposition of Saturn happens to you every 14 years. So your Saturn return happens between 27 to 29, 30. And the uh, opposition of Saturn, when Saturn is opposite to himself, is happening every 14 years. That's why when you're 14, it's a very difficult time. Your uh, 14th year is the real year of initiation. That's why the bar mitzvahs are there. That's why it's very close to the time where Muslims have to um, 
circumcise, circumcise their boy when the Australians have the walkabout, that is the time of puberty. So 14, again, is always important. You look back in your life, things happen in 14. Why? Because also things happen around seven. Seven is the very famous seven-year each, but if you think about it, it's the square, right? It's four time towards the 28, which is the Saturn return. And also you see that the Beatles in the uh, formation of the four of Ringo, Harrison, and um, McCartney, and, and Lennon, they started in 1962, and they're about to break up at the end of 1969, seven year each. You will see it happening again, not in rock bands only, but with you and your partners, with you and your job, with you and your car, with you and your house. It will always be seven years um, segments. Um, yeah, the movie covers the last 22 days. This is the, the um, a chart of the time they actually started working together. You can see that Venus is exalted, and that's something so important. I mean, we wouldn't have such an amazing record coming out of that 22 days if it wouldn't have been for the help of Venus, who was uh, in Pisces. Venus in Pisces is exalted, meaning that she's getting the best energy possible. She's even trining Mars. And again, I don't think any astrologer suggested that they should get stuck together uh, on their Saturn return um, uh, and compose music and then break up. You know, but it happened to be the Zygus, the spirit of the time is that Venus is in Pisces, exalted Mars is in his own sign Scorpio, and they're trining each other. So the reason why they didn't kill each other that time is probably because of Venus and Mars trining. And that's what brought so much good music. As you can see, like I told you, Saturn 18 degrees 59. And Lennon's um, a Sat a rising sign is 19 degrees, basically the same. And here is the chart of McCartney. First of all, remember we talked about Saturn 18 degrees Aries that was sitting on Lennon's rising sign. Well, I looked in McCartney's chart and literally 18 degrees Aries is the entrance of Paul McCartney's house of death and letting go. So think about it. It is kind of remarkable that the minute uh, the two things are happening in the band at the same time, Saturn is moving away from the house of uh, uh, pain and suffering of Lennon pain, suffering, jail, and it's entering the house of death and transformation of Paul McCartney. And after, uh, in 1969, like we said, Paul McCartney is uh, getting into his Saturn return. In 1969-70, when they broke up, um, he gets into a depression that lasted almost a year, uh, Paul McCartney. No wonder. When Saturn is in your eighth house, you can't really be that happy. You are basically going into the underworld. You're uh, joining hands in hand with uh, um, Hades. There also another interesting about Paul McCartney's chart, which made it very difficult for him, and you can see it in the movie, is that Pluto, the Lord of Death and Transformation, same, you know, the ruler of the house that Saturn is now moving into, moved on top of, of McCartney's rising sign. I mean, think about it. It happens once every 250 years, and it's happening to them while they are uh, shooting this movie. While once in 30 years, Saturn is sitting on top of Lennon's a rising sign. While once in 30 years, Saturn is moving into the house of death of uh, Paul McCartney. And I want you to, if you're seeing that movie, see it in that context, because there's a lot of players there in the movie, you know, the four Beatles and, and the fifth Beatles that come in and you see George Martin and Sarah, but there's hidden characters there. 
Pluto sitting heavily on, on um, a McCartney's body. And you can see him messing around with his body. He's been being pulled by a pulley up there and rigged to something. Uh, he tries new things physically. It's really interesting to see. But there is something also dying in him, and you can uh, feel it. And not only that, at the same time that this is happening, Pluto 25 degrees, it also sits opposite to Ringo rising star, the rising sign. So while Pluto is sitting on top of um, McCartney's rising sign, it sits on top of Ringo's entrance to the house of relationship and partnership. So all of this together has to be looked into. And that's why it's fascinating to do sometimes a chart to families or charts to bands or companies, because you can see the dynamic of the different planets affecting the people and how that specifically affects them. And George, like I told you, is a gorge away because he is before Saturn return, right? Um, he is before uh, his jump into Saturn return. Now, just that you understand, what happens in the movie is that you can see the dynamic between Paul McCartney, who is the second youngest, to uh, George, who is the youngest. You know, it's, it's always like, it's almost like that when you have immigrants coming to a country and they're assimilated. Now, these immigrants hate the new immigrants, are afraid more of the new immigrants than those that have been there before. It's something that always we had in Israel. We could see it always according to the waves of immigration, you know. So the same thing probably with McCartney. He's, he's stepped with the big boys now because he's getting into his Saturn return. And Harrison is about to get in there, but not quite. So he keeps treating him according to, George, to uh, Harrison, at least, like a little brother. Because when they met a year, two years difference of age, you know, when you're 14, 15, 16 is a lot. Think about high school. Wow, one year older than you, it looks like an ancient person. But when you're um, 26, you know, the proportion is not that much for one year, even though it's a Saturn return. And he keeps treating him like a little brother instead of the person who is in a few months in the gardens of Eric Clapton is about to write, Here Comes the Sun, which is, as of October 2021, the most streamed Beatles song on Spotify globally. Okay, here comes the sun. So he's not treating him like a genius that is supposed to write that simple and profound melody. He's treating him like a little kid. And that's what causes a great deal of clash between uh, both of them, between George Harrison and, uh, and McCartney, to the point that uh, George Harrison actually leaves the band. He quits the band in the middle of the uh, rehearsals of the movie. You'll see it. It's very dramatic over there. Now, it's interesting that he wrote uh, Here Comes the Sun at uh, Clapton's uh, Gardens where in Surrey. If you go to England, you can maybe visit it. In April 1969, apparently, March, April 69, again, around his time, uh, Pisces. He's a Pisces, don't forget. And when they looked actually at the record of sunlight hours, the 60s had terrible winters. It was kind of like winter was coming. It was, especially in Europe, it was very, very dark for a long time. And what they've noticed that in April 1969, when he wrote the song, Here Comes the Sun, it was the record of sunlight hours for the 60s. So he was really tapping again into the spirit of the time. The sun is really coming. So yeah, I know we're talking about Saturn return, but hey, come on. It's been a long and winding, a long and a cold winter, darling, but, but the sun is coming. You know, Don't give up hope. And his Saturn return, of course, officially happened when the Beatles uh, broke up. Uh, this is the chart of George Harrison. You can see that he is a Pisces. Um, with Minerva, the goddess of wisdom in Pisces. And he has something very interesting in his chart. He has, first of all, um, Mars in Capricorn, which is exalted. 
Mars in Capricorn gets the best energy possible. His Venus is in Pisces. We mentioned it before. It's exalted, getting the best energy possible. Um, and his moon and sun are perfectly aligned. So he has an instinct in connection to the sun, but he's also very lunar because he falls. his moon falls right on top of his rising sign. So again, a very interesting chart. And his Saturn return was in the house of death and letting go. So that was uh, happening again just before, uh, just after this whole situation with the movie. And by the way, I looked at the astrocartography of George Harrison because I wanted to see what's his obsession with India. And look at it. He has Jupiter right over Rishikesh, which is where he uh, got influenced, all of that um, influence from the Vedic tradition. And all of India is covered with a lot of lines. You can see Pakistan, there is nothing. Uh, countries around, there is nothing. Actually, in England, he doesn't have that much. And here in India, he has so much. Um, Nine hours. Uh, yeah, this is, for example, um, uh, what Paul says to George. I always seem to be annoying you. Okay. And George says, all right, I'll play whatever you want me to play. Or I won't play at all if you don't want me to play. That was just before he left. You know, it's basically I surrender. That's what Pisces is. I surrender completely. You want me to play? I'll play. You don't want me to play? I don't play. But really, the surrender is I'm going. Goodbye. And he left because Pisces also is a sign that is associated with escapism. But it's really interesting when you're talking about the four fabulous, the four Beatles, which are really uh, kind of like, I'm sorry, I'm being a, a fan, but they're kind of demigods in a sense, because we gave them so much prayer and so much listening and so much love that even if they were humans before, there is something elevated them above. And I think that when you are in such a position it's not like you act more like a god. You even act more like your sign, but in a mythological way, like in a bigger than life way. You know, when everything is much stronger and bigger, the colors are much more saturated. The contrast is much more deep. Now, it's interesting that um, Paul McCartney could actually predict the Brexit. And he talks about things that in England they were talking about why that a lot of people during the Mars retrograde uh, decided that it's time to break away from England, uh, from Europe. I guess it was a slip of tongue because maybe the Brexit made England break away from England, but that's a different story. So he said, Paul actually sings this in the, in the movie, you'll hear it, that originally he wrote Get Back as a political song. And what the lyrics he wanted to say is, don't dig no Pakistanis taking all the people's job, Wilson said, Wilson said to the immigrants. You'll better get back to your Commonwealth house. Yeah, 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 you better get back home. That was the original lyrics. You know, and again, Saturn is that conservative energy we talked about, ruled by Capricorn, which has to do with the dark side of nationalism. So again, at that time, it was more about Pakistanis, uh, not so much about Syrians and people from uh, the Middle East, but you know, not that much changed. And it's also interesting because the movie is taking place on Kiron return of the uh, incidents that is portrayed in the movie. Kiron is fifty years. So it was the 50 years, no, 1969. It was, it was, the movie was made in, 19, in 2019. Uh, 2020, it was supposed to be released. So it took, um, uh, it took us 50 years to look at it. It's 50 years, basically, to the last record or to the breakup of the Beatles. And Kiron is always about revisiting old wounds, especially wounds that have to do with home and family. And for them, they, I mean, that was their family, definitely. Now, um, this is really, really interesting. That's the time when I said, when I got to that point in the movie, to be honest, I actually shot it on my phone, but then I realized, I don't know if it's legal to actually show it to you guys, but it's a very interesting moment. And please watch the movie for that. 
I think it happens in the middle. And when I saw that, I, I couldn't stop thinking, oh my God, this guy is actually talking about Saturn return in such a powerful way. So this is Paul's monologue, okay? He is now in his Saturn return. And this is what he says. I, I, I wish I had a Liverpool accent, but I don't. I mean, we've been very negative since Mr. Epstein passed away. That's why. We haven't been positive. That's why all of us in turn have been sick of the group, you know. Now, what is he basically saying here? What is negative? I just told you, Saturn is negativity. Saturn is seriousness. Saturn is not very much about positive. Positivism is much more Sagittarius and Jupiter. And then he says, that's why since he died, all of us in turn got sick of the group, you know. Then he says, there's nothing positive in it. It's a bit of a drag. It's like when you're growing up and when your daddy goes away at a certain point in your life, and then you stand on your own feet. I mean, this is a precise description of Saturn return. Daddy has gone away now. Okay. You know, uh, we are on our little holiday camp. You know, I think we either go home and, or we do it. It's discipline we need. It's like everything you do. You um, never had discipline. Mr. Mr. Epstein, he said sort of, get suits on, and, and we did. And so we were always fighting that discipline a bit, but now it's silly to fight a discipline if it's our own. Uh, it's self-imposed these days. So, so we do as little as possible, but I think we need to be a bit more if we can uh, get going on it. So, of course, it's a little bit of a rambling, what he says. This is a transcription of what he said. But everything, I mean, this paragraph is a perfect explanation or paragraph or, or let's say introduction to a book on Saturn return. Daddy is gone, not only because maybe he's gone because you're 30 years old, but because you are on your own now and you're in your little holiday camp and you're either going home. And that's what George Harrison did. He's not in his Saturn return. So he just he said, OK, you know what? You're right. I'm going home. And he left. The rest of them stuck with Saturn, had to stay there and go back and forth to Harrison, trying to bring him back, which eventually they managed to do. Thank God. Thank Jesus, basically. So again, it says it's self-imposed these days. Saturn return teaches us to be disciplined from inside and not from outside. That's what the whole I get back thing is about. Now, Sgt. Pepper Lonely Heart Club Band, widely recognized as, the, as rock's first concept album. That was in 1967. Again, uh, that was happening right when Lennon and McCartney entered their Saturn return. By late 1968, the relationship were getting worse and worse and worse, especially around the White Album, that uh, incredible double album. And as the breaking up, I told you in 1969-1967, uh, McCartney went into a big depression. This is, by the way, the cover of Sgt. Pepper Lonely Heart Club Band. And you can see that one of the faces is no other than Alistair Crowley, uh, who gave us uh, the tarot cards, the Toth deck. So he was an occultist. And you can see a lot of their heroes and heroines that they collected behind them. Uh, Ringo Stars, that's the last, star, last chart we didn't see. His moon is in Leo, of course. That's what allowed him to be a performer. He's a Pisces rising. Remember, we water. So it's interesting that uh, Harrison and, and Star and Ringo Starr are both double Pisces. And he was a double water, sorry. And he was born also in a Christ year, but a little bit different. You see, in his case, it's 10 degrees Taurus and 12 degrees Taurus instead of like Lennon, 13, 13. So he was born a little bit before Lennon. 
when Jupiter was about to hit Saturn, not quite there. So that was what I wanted to share with you. I'm sorry it was a little bit um, uh, longer. Um, and let me look at what's happening with us this week. Um, stop sharing. And start sharing. So let's see what's happening this week. So we are now on December 5th, 1921, right? 2021. Um, the moon moved into Capricorn. I guess that's why we talked about so much uh, energy that has to do with Saturn. And I didn't even notice it, that the moon has moved into Capricorn ruled by Saturn. So we are having a very traditional uh, Sunday today, also tomorrow. Actually, tomorrow, uh, the, the moon and the day after is going to move on top of Venus, which is always good news. And you want to do as much as you can with Venus activities, because in two weeks, Venus is going to be retrograding until the end of January. So anything to do with relationship, money, uh, art, design, colors, music, or uh, promoting these kind of things could go a little bit off when Venus is retrograde. Like we said, we're starting 2022 with Venus retrograde. So if you can get things done right now, it's good. Uh, Venus is going is Venus on top of Pluto and she's get closer and closer and closer to Pluto, which means transformation that has to do with your relationship, partnership, even the way you make money, the way you present yourself, how you dress, all of those things. It's not a bad time during um, this month to make adjustments, you know, to uh, kind of like do a makeover, a makeover of your, of whatever represents you, you know, so whether it is uh, business cards, if anybody uses these days, or um, your website or your Instagram page, whatever it is, any kind of makeup will be a makeover, sorry, will be a good thing for you to do right now. And besides that, we have an opposite, uh, like a square between uh, the sun and uh, Neptune forming. It's going to be peaking at the end of the of the end of the month, uh, especially in seven days. Actually, seven days. It's not the end of the month. So around twelve of December, thirteenth of December, it's going to be peaking the sun and Neptune's um, uh, square. That is not very good with anything that has to do with deception, illusion. So pay extra attention. December thirteen, fourteen. Uh, that that could be a little bit more uh, tricky. Uh, because of that sun squaring Neptune. Also, if you get messages in dreams at that time, it, it ain't necessarily so. If we look at uh, tomorrow, the moon continues being in Capricorn and she is getting a conjunction to uh, Venus and Pluto. And at the same time, she's getting a trine from uh, Uranus. It's actually not too bad to, too bad to get things done, especially because Mars and Venus are very well aligned. We talked before about George Harrison chart when Mars and Venus are trying. We don't have it quite yet. Sorry, no Harrison, George Harrison boys or girls are going to be born in the next few days. But there is sextile. Sextile is kind of the child of the trine. It's a little bit weaker. But overall, it's a good connection between our masculine and feminine energies. So that means that basically around uh, today, at Monday, Tuesday, there is a linking of uh, Mars and Venus, which is really positive. And also the moon kicks in around that time. So it's a good time for harmony, for harmonizing things, for getting uh, compromises, from getting good results in relation to relationships. Um, the only thing is that Mars and Jupiter are squaring. So be careful not to overdo or try train too much or say things you later on uh, regret, like that you're more popular than Jesus or something like that. So just be a little bit more careful with words. Then December 7, it's a Tuesday. We have the moon moving into Aquarius. It's a different energy altogether. It's much better for the moon to be in Aquarius. It's like Lennon's moon, if you remember. 
it's all about communities, people come together. The only thing is that moon is sitting on top of Saturn in, uh, on Tuesday, and it makes it a little bit tougher for mothers, for mother figures, or your relationship with uh, a, your bosses or a people of authority can be a little bit off. Also feeling a little bit rejection, uh, feeling a little bit um, uh, excluded from certain commun- communities. So you might feel a little bit alone. Don't take it personally on Tuesday. Um, but overall, it is Tuesday. Yeah. Overall, Mars, uh, the fact that Mars is in uh, a Scorpio sending such good energy to Venus and to Pluto, especially that day, it's a great day to get things done. So it's going to be a very pragmatic, practical day where you can achieve things. On um, December 8th, which is a Wednesday, we have the moon and the sun sextiling. That's always good. So we had the day before Venus and Mars, which are the lower octave of the masculine and feminine. And then we have the sun and the moon uh, getting the same trine in Wednesday. So again, very good energy for activities in family, uh, activities with friends. Anything you can do with the community in Wednesday and Thursday is going to be very good for you. And especially on Thursday, when the Jupiter, when Jupiter and the moon come together, And that's always a very good aspect for real estate, for homes, for families, uh, for connection with um, women, friends, very, very positive. And especially because Jupiter and Mercury are starting to create also their own uh, sextile, which is always very, very positive. But December 9, 10, 11 is that peak of Pluto on top of Venus. It could mean that your partner is acting out of character. There could be some manipulation, power struggles. So it might not be the easiest time uh, overall in relationships, especially Friday um, and Saturday. Now, Friday, the moon is also moving into Pisces on top of Minerva, on top of Neptune, one of the best times for anything to do with psychic energy, intuition. Yes, definitely watch your dreams at that time. It's actually good because we don't yet have that uh, uh, square so strong. But on Saturday... And Sunday, there could be a lot of deception and illusion. So pay extra careful. December 11, uh, it's a Saturday. Sunday, there could be a lot of illusions, deceptions. Um, Be a little bit careful. So there could be a little bit also sense of paranoia around that time. Um, What else? Yeah, uh, please, if you can, um, if you get my book on 2022, if you can go on Amazon and give a review, I don't ask for a lot, but that's actually good. I mean, some people offered me, and I'm very thankful, uh, through Venmo to give me something for the classes. Thank God I can afford to give it for you guys for free and even get this mic, which is supposed to be much better. I'm provided for. Thank the Lord. And thank Jesus, I am provided for. So I don't need anything of that sort. But reviews, uh, I cannot make people write. So if you could um, uh, help me out there and write a review, that would be great because that brings the book into more awareness of other people. And that way, uh, more people can get it. So thank you for all of you guys that did uh, send a review. If you can add, uh, that would be amazing. Thank you. Uh, I will be traveling from um, uh, Tuesday, I think, uh, to Europe, uh, if, if, of course, the variant allows me to get in. And uh, I might see you some guys in person, but we will continue our classes. One class I will have to skip. I think it's because I'm teaching a class in London at that time. Again, if I'm going to be in London and if I'm going to be teaching. But uh, maybe I will record something short before that and send you guys. But as you know, I started posting it on YouTube and started putting it also as a podcast. So you're going to have different ways of uh, getting it. And to New York, I do plan to come uh, probably in March. 
I love New York in March and I haven't been there for a while, for actually two and a half years, I think. So it's definitely time to um, get to the Big Apple. So again, thank you very, very much. I might see you uh, in um, the future. And also from next Sunday, I might look a little bit different because I might be in hotels and I might be very tired because it might be late there. But uh, I'll do my best, you know, to continue. And definitely please watch Get Back. Um, it's really unbelievable. It's very long and you can fast forward through moments, uh, but um, definitely watch it. Uh, thanks a lot. Let me see if there are any questions that I could answer because um, um, I saw that there are there. Yeah, uh, Saturn return, the second Saturn return happens 56, 57. Um, it's really all about, um, uh, so really pay attention to that if you're going through it right now. Um, let's see my favorite I think my favorite Beatles song is I Am The Worlds I Am The Worlds um, but you know it changes according to your age and your Saturn transits so let's see yeah I think I looked at most of them and again uh, thanks a lot I'll put the dates of um, uh, the classes again and um, have a good week. Have a good, good, good week and a beautiful Sagittarius. Thanks a lot. Bye.